You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Fantasy Football Frenzy. Our number two fantasy football frenzy right here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Fantasy executive and Tony Sincata getting it done on a Sunday afternoon. Telephone lines open. You want to talk fantasy football. Got a lot of stuff going on this week in the NFL. 844-843-6879, the way to get involved. So, NFL free agency. Obviously, we'll get into the discussion about the final days of the Legion of Boom and some of the things that took place and went on around that. But also out west, you got the Los Angeles Rams, Tony, who uh, made moves this week to add cornerbacks Marcus Peters and Aqib Tlaib. And this right here, um, to me, Tone, is telling because two ways that I'm looking at this, they wanted to improve the back end of the defense one way, obviously, which wasn't that terrible last year. Number two is um, they're worried about Jimmy Garoppolo. Jimmy Garoppolo has put such a fear into the NFC West that teams are, the Seahawks are tearing it down and going to build it back up. Arizona Cardinals know that they have to try to get a quarterback to compete. They like the pieces they got on defense. The Rams want to get better defensively, especially on the back end, because they feel as if Garoppolo is going to be tearing it up. And with the Rams making these moves, Tony, I think that they may have, must have an inkling that Sammy Watkins is going to end up or Allen Robinson with the San Francisco 49ers. So they're trying to load up to face their division rivals by improving the back end of their secondary. Would you agree? Oh, this is so complex for me. This is so complex. First of all, I was the first guy that said, you know what, Marcus Peters is not as good as people think he is. Um, If you look at the the numbers, he was 16th in completion percentage against guys he covered. And the biggest tell-all to me on Marcus Peters and and and, uh, whether he's a – I think he's a good cornerback. I don't think he's like – elite cornerback, right? So I think they brought in a good cornerback. So what happened is I think that he's 16th in completion percentage, and the biggest telltale sign was Kansas City had no other cornerback on the other side. They, it was so bad they actually brought Darrell Rivas back, right? Mm-hmm. And yet people still threw on Marcus Peters' side, which made no sense to me, which is a telltale sign that he's not elite. But So when he got traded, I remember saying there's no way they're giving up a first-round pick for that guy, and he got a second and fourth. Then they go get a 32-year-old Aqib Tlaib, who's a you know a little crazy, a little insane, uh, but people like to have him on the team, and he, he could play. The, and they gave up a fifth-round pick, so they improved their defense without giving up a number one pick, and it comes into play. Jimmy Garoppolo, to me, is really hurt football this year by the 49ers what they did with that contract. Right, we're looking at a guy that played you know five games. And they give him all that money, and now it's affecting everything out there. Jimmy Garoppolo, we just talked about Jameis Winston making some bad decisions. Do people really realize that Jimmy Garoppolo had seven touchdown passes and five interceptions? That, you that's keep, what he yeah, had. You, you, yeah, you keep mentioning that. They looking, but they're looking at the wins. Yeah, I know. I know. But yeah. is, it, is it the right guy? Like, put it this way. If Case Keenum had seven and five, We'd expect that, right? And they win the games. Oh, he's a game manager. But we're talking about like Jimmy Garoppolo being like the next coming of Joe Tom Montana. Brady. Yeah. yeah, no, it's there. Uh huh. He's already, and, you know, look at the goat already. Yeah, and I, and I'm so 
like this. Now, all right, let's look at the weapons they have now. They give Marquise Goodwin a, a good deal. I think it's a good deal for both teams, both him and the player and the team. Three years, $10 million. If he stays healthy, that's a bargain. That's a bargain. This is a kid that couldn't put it together. He's a track guy that's learning how to play football, and he showed the ability last year. You bring Pierre Garçon back this year, which didn't play with Jimmy Garoppolo. Last year he was out, and now you got a possession receiver there. They get one more guy there, and you've got a great offense right there, right? And we don't know who's going to be in the running back position, but it's a team that has $60 million in cap room. There you go. You got Demarcus. You got Demarco Murray out there on that's out currently out there on the market. Not to mention my guess is Isaiah Crowell hit the market soon also. But Tony, it, it's like the sum of the pieces. You have Garoppolo. People are excited about. They see the wins. You bring back Goodwin. Garcon, dangerous. Obviously, you got guys like Sammy Watkins and Allen Robinson out there who got to be checking out what's going on in San Francisco because that's how these players roll. But not to mention you have the piece in Kyle Shanahan that's known as a good offensive coordinator, a good offensive mind that's going to get his offenses rolling in the right spot. Two years ago, he 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 he, he helmed a historic-type offense in Atlanta. So it does look like the pieces are in place, especially if you can get a back that, that fits that system also. So I can see the excitement. Uh, I can too. They, they came in and they, they put it together at the end of the year. But <sighs> Seattle's not as good as they were. There's no way they can be as good no. as they were last year, no. right? Richard not Sherman. Adds, I don't care what Scott says. Yeah, <laughs> Richard Sherman added to the mix. Uh, of course, this weekend, Richard Sherman signs with the 49ers um, there. And you look at the that division, and I think the Rams – are going to be, by improving the defense, I think they're going to be just a better team. I think the coach will take care of the offense there. Uh, they could, but what are they actually, like, can they, I don't see any way San Francisco's going to go from a team that was a, you know, a laughing stock to winning 10 games, but in the NFL, you can do that. Yes. Tony, I think if you was to look, I, I, I'll pull up a seat and look it up right now, Tony. If you was to look at 2018 Super Bowl odds, I, the 49ers would be in the top 10. Jesus, it, it's a long Cle- way to Cleveland go. Might be behind, Cleveland might be behind them. <laughs> it's a long way to go. I think, uh, you know, Pierre Garçon is a guy that I think is going to be right now is underrated because he didn't play with Jimmy Garoppolo there. And I think when you think about it, that's a great, great player to have in this type of offense because Marquise Goodwin's a guy that's the opposite. That's a, a, a speed guy that can get down the field. They have a decent couple decent tight ends, but they're young. I think Pierre Garçon's a guy that could catch 80, 90 balls. Yeah, no, you're right about that because a, a veteran, a young quarterback is going to lean on a veteran wide receiver. So right now, Super Bowl odds are first is New England Patriots, second to Philadelphia Eagles, third to Steelers. Fourth is the Minnesota Vikings. Fifth, the Green Bay Packers. Sixth, the Los Angeles Rams. Seventh, the Atlanta Falcons. Eighth, the Houston Texans. Ninth, the the New Orleans Saints. And tenth, the San Francisco 49ers at 25 to 1. Mm. Mm. It's crazy, right? I think it's crazy, but uh, people are going to be all over it. Now, Jimmy Garoppolo, as far as draft goes, and we talk about uh, some of the guys there, Jimmy Garoppolo is going to end up being based on the conjecture we hear and we see, Jimmy Garoppolo is going to end up finding up himself being a top-five quarterback drafted. And I'll tell you right now, Tony Sincata won't be one of those guys taking him. Oh, I agree with you 100% on that one. There's no way I'm going Jimmy Garoppolo um, this year. The value is going to be overshot, overhyped. 
Um, I'm not going to want to pay that price. Maybe you're getting it for a little bit cheaper in an auction. I'm not saying I don't want to be exposed. I'm saying I'm not going to like the price. When I think quarterbacks for 2018, I expect Matt Ryan to be a guy that nobody's going to want to draft. I'll go right back to Matt Ryan. I I go right back to Matt Ryan, the second year in that offense. I think Matt Ryan is is, is a sleeper quarterback for 2018. I'm willing to take a chance with Tyrod Taylor also. And if I'm paying up for one, it's Deshaun Watson and nobody else. I'll give you one positive, though, on Jimmy Garoppolo, despite his popularity, you know, where we both think that he's going to probably be overdrafted. If they don't bring in a running back back there, right? Oh, my goodness. Go, rookie, he might throw the ball 40 times a game. You're right. And at that point in the Shanahan system, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I at mean, he could, he, he, he could very well be worth it, Tony. It's just, the, you yeah. know. You, you want to add some sanity to the draft, to the room. There's got somebody's yeah. got to be an adult here. Yeah. If all of a sudden, like, if they go Matt Breida and say uh, Deion Lewis, he might get throw the ball forty times. Speaking of quarterback play in 2018, you're not going to get a discount on him. But um, unless you think the Seattle Seahawks are going to go three and thirteen which I don't see a Pete Carroll, Russell Wilson team doing it. Russell Wilson's going to have a huge year this year because there's nobody else there, Tony. It's just Whoa. him. And if that team wins eight and nine games, it's going to be off the strength of Russell Wilson and Doug Baldwin. He's got to do it all by himself. He's a guy that I would, be, that I would invest in because he, there's nobody else there. Here's the problem I have with that whole situation, trying to figure it out is that I don't believe Doug Baldwin is a great wide receiver. I think Doug Baldwin's a good wide receiver, and he's the only one that you can rely on Seattle, so his numbers are better than he actually is. Now, what does he do with nobody on the other side and all of a sudden the team's paying attention? Right now, if the season opened today, Tyler, the diminutive Tyler Lockett would be on the other side. We all have overdrafted this guy at one point. He can't stay on the field every play. Uh, next in the depth shot is a guy, Amara Dubrow. That's it. But they've done it before, Tony, without having nobody on the other side. But I think what happened in 2017. But if you have pulled, Paul Richardson, right, you had Richardson and Lockett, like one of them would be there. They get they get down the field and they're quick, so you have to respect them. You had Golden Tate in the past. Like they have nothing. What if they was to sign Bryce Butler? They need something like that. It'd be, I, I, I'd be interested in Bryce Butler then. I would too. I agree with you 100%. I would too. Baldwin got overdrafted in 2017. Baldwin is but, not a 2-3 turn guy. Let me ask you a question though. The, the, this team it, it has a lot of problems. First of all, they have no running game, so you like Russell Wilson. They have no offensive line, so that hurts the that passing hurts. game. They don't have yeah. a second wide receiver. Like, There's a lot of work that needs to be done to this team. But they won't have Jimmy Graham. They, no, but if Doug Baldwin, say the team is close to what it is right now, Doug Baldwin could catch a hundred balls, right? Being the only wide receiver there. Yeah, no doubt about that. That's the appeal of it is the fact that he has that relationship with Russell Wilson. You know he's the guy that's going to get the football, but you worry about the offensive line. And he should draw double teams consistently if you're if you're an opponent and you look at this offense you take one guy out you take Doug Baldwin out and who the hell else is going to beat you no nobody unless do you think if they they've they've already shown interest in um 
uh, what's the what's the guy that they had out to visit? A uh, veteran running back, Tony. Oh, they had somebody out there this week. N- n- nothing spectacular. I think Demarco Murray is fit is a good fit to what they want to do in Seattle. They did have a back out there this week, but it was it was much to do about nothing. But um, I I what do you think they do? I think they got to bring a veteran in there, a veteran running back in there. Or do you think they can stick with like a Chris Carson and hope that this other kid from Notre Dame that everybody talks about could stay on the field for more than two plays? Uh, <laughs> uh, I don't know. I think they, they're trying to wait and see what happens in the draft, but it's yeah. going to be too late, I think, for a lot of these guys. And this is going to be a thing. Paul Richardson actually visited with your Cowboys. Yeah, well, Dallas needs help at wide receiver. I think I think uh, Dante Moncrief would probably be a better fit, but uh, Richardson is a guy that can play. Does, I think he's a bad player. No, I don't think he is either. You bring in Richardson. Who you think is better, Richardson or Bryce Butler? See, I don't know. Like, I watch Bryce Butler just like everybody else, and I sit there and go, why are the Cowboys keeping this guy on the field? Like, he is so much more talented than Terrence Williams and Cole Beasley. Like, what? there's something there that we don't understand because I never understood why Bryce Butler didn't stay on the field. Bryce Butler can't stay healthy. I, I mean, it, but he's he ready to get just, paid. Yeah, he's ready to he's get paid. To, somebody's going to someone's pay him. Take a shot. Yeah, someone's going to take a shot on him. No doubt about it. And if you, if, if I'm the Cowboys, if I'm considering Paul Richardson, why don't I just bring Bryce Butler? See what I mean? Especially I think Paul Richardson, though. I think actually Paul Richardson ends up being a good fit for Dallas because mm-hmm. Paul Richardson, for one thing, for for a speed receiver, he has good hands and um, he makes some great catches. But I think that Paul Richardson's a good guy to line up opposite Des Bryant, and teams got to respect his speed and getting down the field. Where Terrence Williams or Cole Beasley doesn't have that, and for whatever reason they didn't like Bryce Butler uh, there. I think Richardson actually brings that to the table. Richardson could bring that to the table too, but you know Dallas, I believe, is picking either was it sixteen or nineteen. Says rumors that Calvin Ridley could be there. Tony, you get if you're looking at if you're looking at Calvin Ridley and you got an agent Des Bryant, you can't let that go by you on draft day. The craziest thing is is Calvin Ridley had one of the worst combines of any wide receiver uh, in the history. There was a couple of drills where he was dead last. We always talk about guys shooting up because of their uh, combine. I want to see if Calvin Ridley shoots down because of his combine. I mean, Twitter, I, Tony, it's 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 three years of tape at Alabama. High level college football. I agree. Where he was clearly the best player on the field. I agree. Playing with no quarterback. The Ravens. If the Ravens let him. If the Ravens let him get past them, the Ravens are, are just as dumb as they look. They look pretty dumb though. They really do right now. <laughs> they've. They've. Uh, that. I'll tell you what though. They have the most interesting uh, to me. We all die for running backs, and I. And I, I think Alex Collins could go off the board in people's drafts anywhere from the third to fifth round. Yeah, I, Alex Collins and the NFFC trendsetters. I got him in round six of a 14-team league. I think when Jeez. we get up and rolling and things start to happen and, and pieces start to move in place, I don't think you see that. Plus, I know that Harbaugh really likes Kenneth Dixon a lot, too. Kenneth Dixon, I have a suspension to start the season. He can come in in week five and take a big chunk out of Alex Collins. If I was to draft Collins, I would try to make sure I got Dixon later on in the draft, too. That kind of sucks, though, when you think about it. Yeah, because you got to yeah. handcuff Alex Collins. You're handcuffing the Ravens running back disaster. and uh, But when you think about it, though, if you get it in the sixth and eighth round, it's not a bad investment. 
Yeah, I would try. I would I would prefer to go six and ten, but six and eight is fine with fine with me too. Especially you know, obviously people will catch up and get more savvy as we get a little bit deeper into draft season. So there you go, right there, um, breaking that situation and scenario down. So plenty of stuff to come back and talk with on the other side as we get ready to head into our next segment tone and you know we'll we'll, we'll see what we can uh, conjure up to speak about. I like we still got it. Yeah, you 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 are you are you a conjurer, huh? Yeah, I got some chicken breast for lunch today. Good job, Uber Eats for, for the fantasy <laughs> executive. Getting that done in a little bit. We'll see what happens. Fantasy football frenzy on FNTSY, the weekend edition. Come back on the other side. More talk of fantasy football. If you're playing daily fantasy basketball on DraftKings or FanDuel this NBA season, you need to sign up for Daily Roto. Built by a team featuring millionaire maker winners and live final champions, Daily Roto's customizable projections, podcasts, strategy guides, and lineup optimizer will help you compete with the pros in a fraction of the time. Better yet, you can save 10% off using the promo code FNTSY. So go to dailyroto.com backslash premium to learn more about their product. Fantasy football frenzy right here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. NFL free agency getting ready to swing into high gear this week. You know we got you covered right here on the network when fantasy football news breaks. We stop talking about baseball and go right to football. <laughs> not That's worried about world, your batting right? and not worried about your batting average on balls and play if uh, Kirk Cousins signs Tom. Yeah, Babbitt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the way of the world, man. It just happens one thing at a time, and you go ahead and you. Uh, you move on. Can't get left behind in this world. No, you cannot, Tone. Speaking of Kirk Cousins, shit might this time next week, Tone, we may know where his new home is. It's looking more and more like the Minnesota Vikings are going to be heavy players in this. Jets have a ton of money. Vikings have a clear need. And the rumors are that Cousins is starting to warm up to the idea of going to the Minnesota Vikings because he wants to play for a winning team. Which, yep. What do you think, Tone? Kirk Cousins, right fit for the Vikings? I think it's the only fit. I think that they have to take that chance. Um, they did well last year, uh, of course, with uh, Case Keenum. But I think that if they went and it didn't go well, they'd regret it. I think they're going to take a shot at Kirk Cousins. I think it's a done deal. Basically, the Jets, when they said, hey, he's not even interested and anything we can pay him, we could pay him more than everyone else. He wants to win. I think that there's certainly a lot of more questions in Denver than people expect. Um, so I think he's done. I think he's going to Vikings. So the Minnesota Vikings go out there and get their guy. And uh, listen, I, I look at Cousins' statistics-driven quarterback. Now you put some good pieces around him, offensively and defensively tone. What do you think it does for guys like Stephon Diggs and Adam Thielen? I think it, I think it's good for those guys. I think they'll there'll be no drop off there. I think they'll get the similar uh, those two guys there there and there. I think they're better than average receivers. I think Thielen's a guy that'll continue to excel in the slot and make some plays um, there. I'm just real interested in the Minnesota how it affects the running back situation. Seeing Kirk Cousins have the ability to elevate some of these Washington running backs and uh, uh, unbelievable pass catchers 
And it looks like uh, all indications that Jarek McKinnon won't be back with the Vikings. Do they bring in a pass catching running back? I I think well you I think I think you have the Cook situation. Obviously, they look at that as their go-to guy, their lead dog in the backfield. And I think maybe a pass catching back could be needed uh, throughout the draft, a third down type back. Lat, Lat Murray, I don't think nobody really has any interest in Lat Murray going there. So I think Murray will still be there. And I think Cook obviously dominates that workload. I think he's a true bell cow. When I look at Thielen and Diggs, though, Tone, I understand the big year Thielen had this year, breakout fantasy star, and what how good he has been for that organization and that team and how good he has been for fantasy owners. I still would take Diggs first though. Even so I think I think Diggs has a hundred catch season in him. I, I think Diggs has a hundred catch season in him. It's so hard these days when you look at like the top catches, the top catch guys in, in receptions. Uh, many of them come out of the slot now, and that's exactly. why I think that Thielen has the uh, the leg up. I just look at Diggs' skill set. He has an Antonio Brown-type skill set, kind of wide receiver that runs excellent routes, can do it all. Now his diminutive frame causes problems because you can't really project him for 16 games. But if you ever play 16, Tony, I think it's an easy 100-catch season. I think he's a better player than Adam Thielen. Adam Thielen just has tremendous opportunities, especially yeah. when Diggs is hurt and banged up. He definitely has more talent, so you could go from uh, there, and you can definitely make the case uh, that in the 16 games thing, though, is a, is one of those things that sometimes we don't know how to figure out because yep. is uh, staying on the field a skill? It has to be because you know when you don't see when you see people don't do it time and like you kind of know the guys that are not going to stay on the field. Now, Kirk Cousins is a big fan of the tight end. We saw him pepper tight ends throughout his entire time in Washington, whether it was Vernon Davis, whether it was um, Jordan Reed, who can never stay healthy. Do you think this is a boost for Kyle Rudolph? Is he now a guy in the top five conversation as a tight end position? Oh, top five for Kyle Rudolph. That is very interesting. I think he goes slightly outside the top five when I look at this this rankings. He's a guy that I think if you you don't get some of these um, elite tight ends that you're like never going to be satisfied with, but you'll be okay. I got Kyle Rudolph. You know what I mean? It, it, it's like you won't be hurting it. You got Gronkowski. You got Kelsey, Zach Ertz. I think a lot of people are going to slide Evan Ingram in there and Greg Olson. Right? So those guys will be a solid top five. And then if Delaney Walk is still at Tennessee, right, you got to think that he's a guy that you could be right there with Kyle Rudolph. And Hunter Henry, if Antonio Gates ain't around, is a guy that's going to be right there. And what do you do with Jack Doyle in the year he had there? So I think Kyle Rudolph's more like seven or eight. Yeah, I can see him in that seven, eight range. People like to talk him up. I think he could come in and be a solid piece. Listen, I've gotten off of Tyler Rudolph the last couple of years. I'll probably be back on this year, and of course, he'll probably let me down. But that's how I look at that. And I think Thielen and Diggs will probably be in that same area as wide receiver. Dalvin Cook will probably be a first round or first second round turn running back. Mention mention Tennessee, Tony. There's reports coming out that they want to open up the offense with more big plays coming up this year. Obviously, second year wide receiver Corey Davis a player that fantasy owners were clamoring over in 2018. Now he, excuse me, in 2017. Now in 2018, I think he's going to be drafted in about the seventh, eighth round. So you're not really going to get a discount on him, Tone. Is he worth the shot? 
Uh, I think he's worth a shot. I think the offense gets better. I, I don't know. Mariota's the guy I thought his first year looked good. Then last year, do we get take a step back because of the injuries there and say because they got? I think the receiving group is good. The tight end's good. Um, the offense is there. It's all there. They just got to get the quarterback to stay healthy and put it together and get you know that that offense was uh, pretty dangerous last year. It was pretty dangerous, but at times it was like. I, I thought each week they I, underachieved. I say well, when I, I, yeah, I mean dangerous as in the fact that it was dangerously normal. Like yeah. it was Demarco, it was Demarco Murray, it was exotic Smash Mouth that didn't really get too exotic. <laughs> it wasn't the kind of it didn't have the kind of erotic feeling to it that Odell Beckham turned down the other week. <laughs> in <No>. that video. <laughs> no, no. We got to get Odell Beckham. More videos. more. T- I'll tell you what. He Maybe he should just go on a video each week and make it try to turn it into a satire so people can't take it so seriously. Oh, that's not a bad idea, Tone. This way make it turn it around. <laughs> hmm, interesting. Always oh, Odell. Try to think a step ahead. There you go. Hey, Tony, have you seen this thing where um, Juju Smith-Schuster is going around the uh, yeah. country trying to recruit LeBron James to be the tight end for the Pittsburgh Steelers. I uh, I seen this. I'll tell you what. Uh, this Juju Smith-Schuster is a character. He, how do you not like this guy? He uh, he's crazy, man. He's crazy. He dressed up and uh, had a Pittsburgh Steelers thirty-two jersey on for LeBron. Uh, I don't know, man. I mean, twenty-three uh, a jersey for LeBron, and this is a crazy situation. But I like this, and LeBron would be interesting as a tight end for one year in the NFL. Yeah, too bad he can't do it, because you know he's like old. Like, well, he's I, then again, you you know, I about to say he's old, but he doesn't play basketball like he's old. He played basketball. He's like probably he, having his best season of his career at this age. In his fifteenth, in his fifteenth year. Yeah, I mean, he's year. been unbelievable. It, 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 it he's got to be in better uh, shape than Antonio Gates. I would. <laughs> I'm certain he is in better shape than Antonio Gates. Who wants to play again it, in 2018? He looks in better shape than Ricky be like, Shields sure. Jones. Oh, he really does. He's in better shape than a lot of tight ends, uh, probably. Tony, yeah. If you think about it. He's in better shape than Jason Witten. Oh, we got to get him out there, man. He'd be a dynamic football player if he came through and did it. He seemed like the type of guy. But then again, who would want to take that punishment? I think Rob Gronkowski goes ahead and retires, speaking of tight ends, Tone. That, uh, that's interesting. That I think he's going to play one more year. I got a feeling. I think that that he's taking his time and he's going to play one more year and try to go out with a Super Bowl victory. Mm, interesting. AFC is uh, is fit for the taking. I already well, I told you, I thought if, uh, if they Gronk get a buy, they're the only team that gets a buy to the playoffs every year. I know. It's and crazy. the only uh, the only argument that I get about that is that some people think they have a buy to the Super Bowl. They're going to have to at least have a home game in the AFC Championship. That's kind of where you – that's where the intrigue almost lies. Do they have to go on the road for the AFC Championship? That's where the intrigue is at with the Patriots as the season starts. It's crazy. Amazing. It is crazy. They they addressed their defensive line uh, this week in a trade with the Cleveland Browns. I think that they'll draft 
a uh, linebacker as opposed to a cornerback uh, in the first round of the draft. And uh, it's going to get very interesting. And I'm surprised that they didn't nail Tlaib. They wanted Tlaib wanted to play there, and they wanted to go there. But uh, Tlaib ended up getting traded to the Rams. Yeah, Jimmy Garoppolo beat him. Jimmy Garoppolo said, screw Tom Brady. Come play with me. <laughs> oh, poor Jimmy couldn't get – poor Jimmy. Uh, that's, the, that's the funniest story of last year is how he went to get treatment from Tom's trainer, and they didn't let him in. Uh, Tom Brady, that's not hating on the young man, huh? He's teaching him. Uh, he's teaching. Maybe him that was Tom Brady's way of saying. Maybe Tom Brady asked him to sign an NDA, and Jimmy said no. <laughs> you think, think Tom Brady's an NDA guy? Oh, I know Tom Brady's an NDA guy. I oh, know he, he is. Obviously, has to. Tom Brady got himself in a little trouble uh, with his wife. I read because he went to. Um, Went to Las Vegas for the uh, Conor McGregor Floyd Mayweather fight. Yeah, and uh, somehow he was on a plane with Ben Affleck and Ben Affleck's mistress, and Ben Affleck's mistress was uh, had pictures with his five Super Bowl rings. And I was the, really the craziest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The craziest thing about that to me is if you're going to the Floyd Mayweather fight, right, Conor McGregor, why are you bringing your Super Bowl rings with you? <laughs> this is correct why do you have your rings with you interesting he was out there showing yeah. him off he was like look at this <laughs> yeah. I, mean, I got five you, of these you know i gotta ask you a question so I, my kids my kids my daughter's 17 my son's 15 and my youngest son's 12 so we went out to dinner tuesday night and the whole yeah. topic at dinner was if tupac shakur was still alive and yet none of these kids were alive when he was shot in Las Vegas. Uh, and they, like, have all these facts and all these figures of why these and Tupac it's a is show alive. On. It's a show on right now. Yeah, so they must be watching the show, right? They must be watching that show, yeah. Not Tupac, Tupac Shakur is dead and gone, Tone. Tell the kids that, I that try Tupac to tell is dead that. and gone. Yeah. I said no yeah. one, no one, like, if you want to stay out of the limelight, no one wants to stay out for 22 years. You get the itch and you yeah. have to come back. Yeah, Tupac would have definitely, would have definitely resurfaced by now because he would have to need to make some money, Tony. <laughs> See, he looked around and said, "This is not cutting it." You know, he's being dead, dead is dead. not cutting it. <laughs> yeah. The rumor is that he's in Cuba, and why would the Cubans try to hide Tupac Shakur? Yeah, exactly. Makes no sense. A lot of interesting thing going on in the world of sports, Tony. Did you see this thing? This high school basketball thing. But a guy was going for the slam dunk, and the player pushed him? No. You have to see this, Tony. It's the nastiest play I've ever seen. It's the dirtiest play I've ever seen on the basketball court. So what happened after the, the pushing of well, the— Well, it, uh... it, it was a high school game. The kids didn't even fight or anything, but, like, people ran onto the court. Like, it was—you have to see this video, Tony. It's absolutely amazing how this kid does not, like, break his leg. The way he's in midair and the guy just runs up behind him and pushes him and walks away like it was nothing to it. And there was no brawl or anything like that. Um, so check out that video if you see it. Why is it? That's why, did, why did, what kind of, what kind of teammates do they have that they, uh, yeah, they didn't I don't know what school, I don't know what school this was, Tony, but I, those boys need a, a stern talking to when you see one of your teammates go down in that fashion and nobody even bats an eye. You yeah, know? that's, uh. That doesn't make any sense back in the day. Mm -hmm. 
Another thing, Tone. Did you see this That's thing? That's what happens uh, when you have particip participation trophies. You're 100% correct, Tony. Back oh, in, I got the video. Back in our day. You, let, check it out. I so get you're the watching video the video. Now. This happened in Kansas. Yeah. And now you go. You played on oh, the Oh, shoot. <laughs> can can uh, you imagine that? All right. Now, the kid pushed him for sure and walked away like this. But I've seen guys get, like, ah, this is weird. I have to watch this. Because he didn't really, I don't know, like, he didn't draw, like, he pushed him. I don't know. This is a weird situation. Did the guy get kicked out of the game for this? I'm not sure. Like I said, I've only seen the video, have not had a chance to read the story yet. But I just remember it being the one of the dirtiest things I've ever seen on a on a on a on a, on a, in, a in, in an athletic competition ever, Tony. So when That's I watched kind of this that though, was. he definitely pushes him right and shoves him, but he doesn't shove him really hard. It's almost like the momentum but if you're carry this. That momentum and then you're suspended in there that long. That's the, the uh, basketball oh. players don't do that. The player was not ejected. He was assessed a flagrant foul, and. Atkins left the game briefly, but did return. It was part of the team's overtime victory. So the guy came back, and he was part of the uh, – they won the game. Uh, but there was no ejection in this play. It was no ejection. It was nobody punched in the mouth. That's what I'm worried about, Tony. Yeah, I'll tell you what. If I'm a teammate here back – we had some scrapes back in the day. Like, this is – this is somebody has to do something here. Like, if somebody I'm a dad – if I'm yeah, a dad – exactly. I got to talk to my son about your teammates got to stick up for your team here. Definitely. I agree with you 100%, Tony. Where have we gone wrong without raising our boys? <laughs> what the hell is this? Not a good look I'll right tell you there. what. That's a good dunk, though. You think, though, if you dunk and you get hit like that from behind, do you think about, like, are you looking over your shoulder next time you dunk? You got to be, especially if that kid's on the court or Grayson Allen if he's on the court. <laughs> Jesus. Amazing. This is not good. Fantasy Football Frenzy, FNTSY Radio. Final segment coming up on the other side. We might talk some fantasy football. We might just talk about life. Fantasy Executive and Tony Sincata. Have you ever wanted to have a fantasy expert in the palm of your hand? Or better yet, in the pocket of your khakis? Well, check it out. Now you can. It's the Fantasy Sports Radio Network app. Download it now to your phone. We promise no weird viruses, no strange tracking things. Just 24 hours a day, seven days a week of pure fantasy knowledge dropping all over your head. It's the Fantasy Sports Radio Network app. Stop being a weirdo and streaming it online. Get it on your phone. Take it with you everywhere you go. Final segment, Fantasy Football Frenzy right here on FNTSY Radio. Shout out to Pete Considori on the fantasy pit of misery on the fourth floor making sure that we sound good getting everything done today thank you very much peter um tone so talk a lot about the bay area on the program today we talked about the uh, oakland raiders and the san francisco 49ers so earlier this week um uh, basketball game um golden state warriors and the san antonio spurs sitting front court was john gruden and uh, yeah. his his new boss, the uh, the younger Davis, I don't know what his first name is, the Davis Child, Mark, Mark Davis, 
And I'm sitting up there watching this, Tony, and I was sober as I'm watching this. And I thought to myself, this Mark Davis is the weirdest looking man I've ever seen in my life. I totally agree. What is like there's something weird about the guy. I don't know. I can't <laughs> pinpoint what it is. Like, do you have any idea what's going on there? I think it's his hairdo, Tony. His hairdo is some now I'm not now listen, I'm not the I'm not a a a, a uh a a, a uh, expert on white male hairdos. But uh this guy right here is weird, Tony. He 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 definitely looked odd. Like him and Gruden were sitting there and it was funny and they had to carry on it for a while. But Gruden had like a fifteen second stare at the at the owner, like looking at him like is this the dude what's up with this dude? Like he <laughs> My point exactly, Tony. This guy right here, Mark Davis, is almost as if he bought his best friend to come play yeah. with him. You feel what I mean? Like, I yeah. got my best friend now. Hey, let's go to the game. And I'm worried, Tony, that all NBA playoffs viewers are going to be disgusted by the look of this weird man, Mark, Mark Davis. Do you think that he's going to be there in the playoffs and him and John Gruden are going to be sitting on the sidelines? It's going to be on. game I'm about to say it's going to be game one. Game one will likely be in Houston. It's going to be game three of the Western Conference Finals. And we're going to, going to pan into the crowd, and we're going to see John Gruden, you know, being John Gruden, cool, head coach, personality, celebrity, with this weird guy sitting next to him, that weird rich guy sitting next to him, Tony. And I feel bad for NBA fans that the subject to themselves to this. And I feel bad for John Gruden because he got to hang out with this guy because this guy just gave me $100 million. Yeah, that's the weird thing, right? When a guy gives you the $100 million and then all of a sudden you guys got to be the best buddies in the world. It's, yeah. a, it's, an, odd, it's an odd situation there. But uh, I like it. I like it. I think him and John Gruden, I like they should be. I like to see them in an Odell Be Beckham video just smoking a spliff together. <laughs> <laughs> you think that'll happen, Tone? You think we'll ever get that? I'm sure this Mark Davis is an NDA guy. He's definitely an NDA guy. <laughs> Him and the coach laying back. I could see. I, yeah, I could. I think that could be the next thing. There, It's the Raiders. Anything should go. There you go. The Oakland Raiders soon to be the Las Vegas Raiders. And that's going to be interesting to see how that one plays out. Tony, when you think the Golden State Warriors, bigger threat to them not repeating, the Houston Rockets, Steph Curry's ankles, or Draymond Green thinking he gets an and one every time he scores a basket? Oh, my God. The other night in that game, he he hit a guy with his body and uh, and and, uh, and and moved the guy about a foot. <laughs> and then he bitched to complain how he, he didn't follow. And I'm like... Are you kidding me? What is going on here in this league? I think it's Stephen Curry's ankle. It's got to be Stephen Curry's ankle. Because I still think, despite their play being up and down, they have to be the favorite. And they're, I'll tell you what, though. I wish, I wish DeMarcus Cousins was healthy and seeing that New Orleans team take a shot at them. Because they're playing good basketball. And I hope to God that Cousins is a free agent next year, that they bring him back and and we could see what those two big guys can do together. What would you do in that situation, though, Tone? Like, basketball players really don't rebound from torn Achilles. Like, like, their best days he's, are normally behind them. And he's a heavier guy. I know. 
It's tough. Do yep. you give them max money? Somebody's going to, though. It only takes one team. That's true, too. You're right about that. It only takes one team. That's correct. It's interesting. A lot of different ways because, honestly speaking, if you're not going to give him max money, why don't you just trade him? All right. Oh, and that could happen. Like, he could get max money from them in one of those sign-and-trade deals uh, there. And it's interesting to see if New Orleans plays well the rest of the year, which they're on a 10-game winning streak, if they – they say, oh, well, we did that without DeMarcus Cousins. Why do we need him? And that the Saints and the uh, Pelicans franchises are in flux because uh, Tom Benson, who's the owner there, um, yeah. is in the hospital. He's been in the hospital with the flu for like three weeks, and he wasn't doing well before he went in there. Oh, uh, he's a little loony right now. And yeah. um, his parents, uh, his his uh, girlfriend and his uh, kids are fighting over who has control of uh Everything. So those two franchises are going to be in a little bit of flux for a bit. Oh, that's going to be an interesting one right there, Tony. I didn't think about that. So you go ahead and see how that plays out. Still got that situation going on in Carolina. Have, have people started bidding on the Carolina Panthers yet? No, I, I'm pretty sure, though, the NFL has, uh, you know, I don't think they do think, they don't really care about being fair and balanced. Uh, and I think they already have an owner. Um, in yeah. mind on who's going to get that team. He's one of these hedge fund guys, and he owns a piece of the Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, oh, okay. So he, I think they have a guy uh, in mind, which is a kind of a crazy situation there. When everybody thinks things are on the up and up, um, it's not going to really happen. Uh, there's another guy that's a minority owner of the 76ers and New Jersey Devils that was interested um, as well. All right, so the Carolina Panthers should be having some news on that sale coming up soon. Um, so that's what do you think about all these? They don't have Puff Daddy anymore's name in here. No, I think I, I, I think Puff Daddy probably went to his coffers and was like, oh, boy. Because um, <laughs> what's Puff Daddy worth, $200 million was his net worth? Yeah, or was he worth? That's, log, that's a log short of $2 million. Uh, $2 billion. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. I think you got to get into that into that pedigree first. Remember when the Clippers, remember when Floyd Mayweather wanted to buy the Clippers? Remember that? Yeah. When they, when they, when they forced the guy to sell it? And people thought Floyd Mayweather was actually going to own the Clippers. Do you think that David Sturm was going to let a guy who spends $1 million a night in gambling buy the Los Angeles Clippers? <laughs> the guy, the guy uh, Mark Rubin, who's only 45 years of age, Jeez. Is worth three billion dollars. How does that make you feel about yourself? Yeah, he has. he's getting it done, man. He's got so, he's got a group that wants to buy it, but they, they're like he can buy it himself. That's good. That when you can do stuff like that yourself, Tony, be your own Imagine man that. and go step up to the plate and. Now you own the Carolina Panthers. What do you do with them now? I try At to age everybody. 14, he had a shop at the mall that reached $125,000 in sales. Uh, he went to Villanova University after high school, and he included a sports, sporting goods company called KPR Sports that became GSI Commerce. In 2011, he sold GSI online auction site to eBay for $2.4 billion. <laughs> <laughs> so at 14, right. he had, had 125 grand, and then he sold something to eBay for 2.4 billion. Yeah, he's getting it done, to say the least. Oh, and now he owns parts of Sports Fanatics. 
oh, that's the company where you can buy merchandise and apparel online and stuff like that. Yeah. So, yes, yeah, so it's kind of really like an Amazon.com of sporting goods. So he's yeah. there. He's got he's got a big money rolling in tone. But that's what it takes to buy one of these teams. It's not really you know for you and your buddies. Are not really ever going to really own the Carolina Panthers, even the, if you're a millionaire. The 76 players like this guy. Really? Yeah, it's, it's, I guess so. Really I guess they would. Yeah, well, he probably has him sign a few uh, jerseys and he throws them out there so he can add to that. Like $3 billion isn't enough. You think maybe he'd give him a little something on the side too? Like, hey, here's a Christmas bonus. Is that legal? It's not legal, but I think Robert Kraft does that a lot. You can see that Robert Kraft is handing over a uh, – Hey, put here's it in your, your bank account. Yeah. Here's your envelope. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> does Robert Kraft deliver the bag himself, or does he get Sean Miller to do it? <laughs> no, I think that Robert Kraft would do it himself. Like Robert Kraft, you could. I like. He has the best interviews because he's always hammered, and I could see him. Like, yeah, here's your envelope. And here's the thing: it's like the players can't turn Robert Kraft in for giving them the envelope, right? Because no, of course not. Because then they have to uh, realize that, oh, shoot, we didn't put that on our taxes. Yeah, no doubt. And it would have to be a player that knows about it that didn't get the envelope. That's the player, <laughs> That's the player that would say My so. My envelope the... was shorter than Tom's. <laughs> I, I'll show you, Robert. <laughs> then, you, then you start a scandal that goes, you know, with the players' association. I would say that like the that. NFL is so corrupt. Like, there has to be some common sense with the salary cap situation. There's so much stuff that we don't know what's going on. Like Tom Brady's like the 20th highest quarterback played, right? That's that's the way of circumventing the salary cap, right? So he's being taken care of somewhere, whether it's after he retires or whatever. Like that shouldn't be allowed. Like you're 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 circumventing the salary cap. And if I'm the players association, I should be pissed off about it too. No, it's a lot going on. I think that's a situation that they have to look into. And figure out how to get done. But like you said, the NFL just so powerful and corrupt. It's kind of like yeah. they'll just gloss over it and keep doing things the way, they, the way they've been doing it. So I really wouldn't expect too much change. I like Aaron Rodgers, though. Aaron Rodgers wants to, renego- he wants to renegotiate with the Packers. Yeah. He said, after Kirk Cousins signs. Hey, after Kirk Cousins get his money. No hometown discount know. coming from you Packer fans. I don't think it's going to happen. You see where uh, Aaron Rodgers and Danica Patrick are dating now. Yeah, that's kind of crazy, right? It is, right? I always thought he was gay. <laughs> I wasn't going to go there. <laughs> yeah. I thought like I've that. Heard, I've heard Olivia that too, Munn, Tony. I thought yeah. she was, uh, you know, a front. And, yeah. um, but I don't know. Can you, can you, I, I'm thinking this. Like, woman race car drivers are never going to be a front for anybody. Like, she's... No, a woman race car driver is going to be like, either you with me or you ain't, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You now, there's been rumors man. about her sexuality also. Oh, that's all right, though. The men are okay with that. <laughs> the more the merrier. You see, yeah, you see where her father was uh, upset at Aaron Rodgers uh, for... Well, kind of her father was has a negative feeling against the NFL... Her father's one of those guys that was like, if you don't make them all stand up, I'm not watching. How dare they? Her father, that's Danica Patrick's pops. Everybody stands in NASCAR. (laughs) I wonder why. (laughs) (laughs) Can you you imagine a NASCAR driver, Tony, knelt in the infield while 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 the national anthem was being sung? Do you think he would make it out of that town? He gets shot. <laughs> he right? need a bulletproof car. 
Imagine getting shot. Cause you <laughs> get up. End up from an get up, you. Yeah, I could see off. it though. I could see yeah. it, especially in a NASCAR man. Let me, uh, you know, it's always interesting because there was a lot of predictions back in the day that President Obama would never make his eight years of terms. Like one time down, he'd be visiting down the South, and somebody would take him down. And I, I was thinking about that with Donald Trump too, right? Like all these people that are so crazy, nobody ever tries to take out the president. Yeah, it's very difficult to get close to um to to the president um especially when he comes into town like for example like let's just say the 45th president was going to be doing a rally at the rec center in your neighborhood everybody in that neighborhood is going to have background checks done on them thoroughly before a month before the president even gets to town somebody is riding around making sure that you're okay so they presidents are normally are very safe. I mean, even the plates the president eat off of has to be delivered specially. His food, everything, you can't just get that close to the president of the United States to where you can take a shot at him. At least not no more you can't. He likes McDonald's, too, I think. This guy right here does like McDonald's, yeah. <laughs> does he, does he, does anyone check the special sauce? <laughs> His presidential McDonald's. Interesting. You know what? I'll pre- you know, I, I got a feeling he's not really rich. I got a feeling that he's not really rich. I don't know how he's pulling this whole thing off. Because that poor lawyer uh, that, that in Stormy Daniels, the mm. lawyer paid one hundred and thirty grand, and Donald's never paid him back yet to keep uh, Stormy Daniels quiet. Donald Trump don't seem like a pay-you-back type of guy. <laughs> he's like, I'll get you later. Yeah, he's like, I, he's like, I'll get you later. He's like, I got you covered. <laughs> it's just me, it's Donald. You know I got plenty of money. Come on now. Why are you even questioning it? He's probably like. The guy took out, the guy had to take out um, a loan on his house to get the 130 grand to pay. Uh, um, That's Ronnie right Daniel. there. You got to pay that guy back, Tony. My God. <laughs> right? Yeah, that's, I mean, that's, 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 that's he didn't have the spare hundred thirty grand laying around. Mm-hmm. To got a loan on his house, and then you didn't pay the guy back to cover up your to cover up your uh, mischievous mischievousness. Yeah, interesting. Yeah. That's interesting. There, that's we talked a lot about indiscretions on today's show. Next weekend is Tout Wars weekend, Tony. You, you getting pumped up about that? Oh yeah, yeah. I talked to the legend Lenny Melnick about it yesterday. Legend really? Lenny Melnick, uh, he's he's ready and rearing. He set this whole thing up in Staten Island. Yeah. Um, I hope the boat works. <laughs> this is Lenny's baby, Staten Island Yankees, the touts, and the fantasy executive coming through yeah. to once again break the color barrier. I hope that uh, everybody's in, everybody's getting out there and get a little fired up and get a little excited uh, from it. Uh, over or under six guys drafting in sweatpants. <laughs> over. <laughs> <laughs> Easy over. Oh, oh man. man. Thanks to Pete Constantori. For Tony Sincata, I'm Corey Parson, the fantasy executive, the fantasy football frenzy. We are out.